Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. I am your co-host Sergio, uh, who is pulling solo host duties this week. Uh, I have I cannot for the life of me find my co-host Crit. I know last week he was mentioning uh, he mentioned a really big spell that he's working on, and um, I, I, I can only assume that that's what his disappearance is uh, his is uh is missing in actionness uh has uh, has something to do with that but uh we promised you nothing but the best lore and and D facts and and D strategies and role-playing strategies each and every week so that is what we shall do yeah even if i have to trudge this alone hopefully you won't get too bored by the sound of my only my voice but uh this week is a fun week um in uh seeing as how we are uh, in the final months of the year, you know, especially uh, stateside, you know, we have uh, in October, we have Halloween, and then we have Thanksgiving, and then uh, December is uh, uh, has all sorts of fun uh, holidays, such as Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Christmas. Uh, we wanted to discuss the holidays that are, uh, that you can celebrate in Dungeons and Dragons, specifically in Faerun, which is has become the official uh, campaign setting for D&D 5th edition. But there are several holidays that we uh, that you can incorporate into your campaign that each have their own lore attached to them. And this is going to be a lore-heavy episode as opposed to um, an episode where uh, we like, discuss like you know uh, classes or monsters or anything like that. So um, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, we're, we'll discuss there. There are like five major holidays each and every year and we'll discuss and then plus like a a, a sixth sort of uh, you know side holiday and then we'll so we'll discuss those for the first part of the show and then uh for the second part of the show we'll go into a, a handful of holidays like lesser known holidays that I found particularly interesting that might be fun to, to throw in your campaign and then uh, we'll even do a magic item I'll even uh I'll even put on my 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 crit hat and see what we got for a magic item. So let's go ahead and get going. So the first holiday that I want to discuss is known as High Harvest Tide, and it takes place between what is the ninth and tenth tenth months of the year, the calendar of Harptos. Uh, between so between uh, uh, thirty a length and first Marpenth. 
So between third, so between thirty a Lent and first Marpanoth, uh, it's uh, like a big feast. It um, it celebrates uh, like the harvest that has been going on through the spring and the summer, and sort of um, uh, preparing for the winter. Sort of like one last like big hurrah before like winter sets in. And you know you have to remember that you know in uh, in Faerun it being sort of um, more of a like medieval setting. You know, winter wa- wasn't as as comfortable as it as you know as you would expect like, to, it to be in modern times. Like winter was was pretty rough uh, in that sort of in that sort of setting. So uh, having one big celebration, uh, and high harvest tide was uh, was traditional and and sort of in keeping with um, them knowing that they're in for some pretty hard times in the next few months. But yeah, so you know they, they would cook. They would, uh, they would have games. They would have uh, like food-related contests, um, like you know, like probably like pie-baking contests, like you know, three-leg races. Like think like this, think like a big sort of like kind of um, carnival uh, sort of festival. Um, apparently, uh, there is also a tradition that uh, that dwarves only drink water and elves only drink dew on this day. However. Uh, that was that was like an old tradition i guess um i couldn't find anything to explain like why that was i mean obviously you know dwarves traditionally drinking like ale and and elves with wine but uh they only drink water and dew respectively on this day probably um in uh in some sort of um like uh fasting like the idea of fasting is to uh like you know sort of prepare your body for something else and so uh, they might have been preparing their body for their bodies for the upcoming winter, but actually those traditions faded uh, in the centuries past. So um, sort of like one of those like uh, legendary sort of myths. Now, <laughs> another cool thing about High Harvest Tide is that uh, children that are born on this day they are said to be favored by Timora, who was the goddess of good fortune and luck, and uh, so they are uh, said to so kids born on this day are said to have lifelong good luck but they're also uh bitten by the wanderlust bug so they're you know they're kind of always traveling around um and then another legend says that uh, the human females born on this day have control over oh, <clears throat> have another legend says that human females born on this day have control over their reproductive systems meaning that they can control uh when they want to be pregnant so uh that's I don't, I don't I don't know how I don't know what to say about that one um but yeah high harvest tide is um think of it as like uh in sort of um in modern times would be like a like a big like uh like fall ending like festival maybe even like sort of like a thanksgiving sort of idea where like everyone gets together cooks a lot of food has fun celebrates plays games and sort of prepares for you know what's to come. The next holiday I want to cover is actually um, I'm going I'm going in chronological order, starting with High Harvest Tide. So the next one is actually Feast of the Moon, which takes place between the first oh, sorry, between the last and the first of Uktar and Nightal, which are the eleventh and twelfth months of the calendar of Harptos. Uh, Feast of the Moon or Moonfest is um, the best way to think of it is kind of it's kind of like our halloween it um it marks like the beginning of winter that's that's one difference where as um you know uh, halloween 
uh, takes place kind of like right in the middle of fall. Um, Feast of the Moon takes place um, at the beginning of winter. But it, uh, but so that's one difference from Halloween. But it, it's similar in Halloween in that it's used to celebrate and honor um, like ancestors or uh, any sort of respected um, person who has who has passed on. Um, people also gather around to tell uh, deeds of their ancestors and of the gods until deep of the night. Um, you know, that's how legends, uh, that's how myths are formed. That's how legends are formed. Um, so they're essentially telling ghost stories. Um, the sort of precipice, like the, the, the reason that this holiday uh, is, it falls where it does in the calendar is because in Faerun, um, battles are typically uh, they're typically fought between um like the ending of harvest time and the and the onset of winter so you know the you know traditionally in Faerun, you know the families the the men are, are needed to at home to to cultivate the land to to grow to you know make sure everyone is fed and then you know, they do that. And once that's done and taken care of, they're able to go and fight whatever battle needs to be fought. And then those that return, you know, return for the winter to sort of hunker down. Um, so that this meant that, uh, like I said, this, this holiday falls on the last of Uktar. And uh, so that means that most of the fighting occurs in that month. And so because, you know, you're going to have more battles in that month, thus, you know, more fallen soldiers, more fallen, more slain men. Uh, you know, it's sort of that month is used to honor them because that's kind of around the time that they would have died. Um, so it's kind of practical in a way, uh, a little melancholy too. So, uh, so that's that's Feast of the Moon uh, or Moonfest, which is uh, also known as. The next holiday we want to cover is Midwinter, which is also known as Dead Winter Day. Uh, Midwinter is what it's known to by like um, like the upper class, like the nobles, the monarchs, the well-to-do, while the more common people call it Dead Winter Day because uh, Midwinter is like is very like practical. Like you know, obviously it's in the middle of the winter season. Um, but the more calm people who have to like kind of suffer the cold and hard times know it as dead winter day, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, um, it's a festival that, you know, to mark the midpoint of winter, it takes place, uh, essentially on the last day of the calendar of Harptoes year, which is hammer 30 going into Alteriuk one. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, like treaties are, are formed on this day. A lot of treaties are renewed. A lot of alliances are renewed. Um, this day is um, is used to sort of plan out the next year. Um, like strategies are discussed, battles are analyzed. Um, you know, that's one cool thing is that um, uh, about it that uh, people will take previous battles and and learn from them and incorporate them into the lore. Like uh, like churches will do that. So there's this, uh, there's a deity known as the Red Knight, um, also known as the Lady of Strategy. Um, she is the Faerunian uh, goddess of strategy and battle tactics. And what the, the, uh, the Red Fellowship, which is what um, her followers call themselves, what they'll do is that they'll um, assemble a, a, a group of clergy 
to discuss the previous year's campaigns. And that's, you know, then they'll incorporate all that into either new strategies or into like the lore of, uh, of, you know, of their, of their deity, which is pretty cool. This is also the holiest night of the year for the church of Severash, which is the elven deity of revenge, loss, and hatred of the drow. Pretty specific there. Um, so on this night, what, uh, what they'll do is uh, they'll have new, um, they'll in- induct new members of the clergy into the church. And each new member of the clergy, each new cleric will scream vows of vengeance into the night air and will swear that they will not laugh and they will not smile until the spider queen, Lolth, and her followers are no more. That is pretty awesome as far as that's i mean that's that's one way to celebrate the new year is uh scream vengeance upon your enemies i think i might try that this year 2022 that's going to be my year for sure coming up after midwinter is green grass which is uh pretty much the beginning of spring takes place um, between the fourth and fifth months of the calendar of harptos the 30th of uh Tarsac and the first of Myrtle. Myrtle. It's used as a way to um, to sort of offer, make offerings to the deities for a for a good summer to you know for a good uh, upcoming harvest. Um, traditionally, the the more well-to-do folks uh, they bring out flowers to give to the less wealthy, uh, who then uh, either wore them or spread them on the ground. Like I said, as offerings to deities to usher in uh, the summer, to usher in a good harvest. This is basically you know festival to welcome in the first day of spring, which uh, that leads into midsummer, which is a festival that uh, takes place obviously in the middle of summer. It celebrates love and music. It takes place between the seventh and eighth months of the calendar of Harptos, Flame Rule, and Iliesis. Um, you know it's a time where you know you a lot of proposals take place legends go like myths is that even like the deities like take you know want to see their uh, want to see their followers happy on this day so they're, they're they even take a hand in making sure the weather is good and in fact if bad weather is experienced on this night it's considered an extremely bad omen traditionally uh, there are proposals there is you know it's a big feast it's a big festival um you know, everyone's been working hard since the beginning of uh, spring for the harvest. And so this is kind of a chance to let loose and sort of um, have a little fun, uh, make a little love, pretty much get down tonight. Uh, so those are the, the main uh, holidays in the Faerunian calendar. But then uh, much like our own calendar, Faerun also has a leap year. And so much like us, you know, us having a leap day, which is February 29th, every four years, they also have a leap day, except they call theirs shield meet, which is infinitely more badass than calling it leap day. I propose right now that everyone listening to this podcast starts calling February 29th shield meet instead of leap day. It starts here. We can make a change. Each and every one of us D and D nerds unite. So shield meet uh, it's the equivalent of the leap year day. Um, it takes place uh, the day after midsummer. So you got midsummer and then every four years you also have shield meet. 
Uh, and this is sort of almost like a continuation of, of that, you know, so like every 40 years you have like this big, like two day event um, and shield me, you'll have um, uh, like affairs, uh, musical performances, theatrical performances, uh, you know, tournaments of skills like jousting or like, um, like, you know, uh, like non uh, uh, lethal, like, you know, hand to hand combat sort of stuff. Uh, magical ability like maybe like you know like you know like wizard duels um nobles usually um hold court during this time so that they can hear petitions or also much like uh like midwinter they'll also use this uh day to renew packs or alliances or agreements or um uh truces so to speak what's also cool about shield meat is that this day is actually in elvish culture is known as the day of corlan's peace and they mark and the elves mark it with like archery contests and and stuff like that. And it's actually the end of um, how they how they mark their time. It's it's instead of every like every year or so or like by months, uh, they mark it by every four a four year period, which to them is a a lulave. And so every four year period is one of those. And so obviously shield meet marks the end of one and the beginning of a new one. So that's that's pretty much it for the like the main holidays in Faerun. Um, we'll have the middle of the show coming up. I'll have some stuff from the DMs Guild uh, that you should you should definitely check out. And when we come back, I'll talk about several more holidays that, uh, for one one reason or another, uh, piqued my interest. Hello, welcome to the middle of the show where we take the opportunity to do several things, including thank our patrons, which I shall do right now. Thank you so much to each and every one of our patrons in no particular order. Chris Mitchell, Maverick, Remington Cloutier, Lupus Malum, Wolf the Sheepdog, Jonathan Sutter, and our newest Daniel Paleleo which he got on to us on Twitter about how to pronounce it. He said the last time Crit pronounced it was interesting. Hopefully mine was less interesting and more accurate. We also take the uh, middle of the show to check out the DMs Guild. The DMs Guild, if, if you are unfamiliar with it, the DMs Guild is a very cool uh, chance for fans of D&D who want to create D&D content to do so and actually make money off of it. Like this is something that uh, has long been like a, uh, I thought it was a pipe dream of mine was to create like my own dungeon crawls and to create my own campaign settings and actually um, have people play them, actually have be able to not only sell them, but you know, really just to have people enjoy them. Uh, and this is exactly what, um, what the DMs Guild offers. And so each and every week, uh, we take a look at something that DMs Guild is offering and, uh, and sort of highlight it. And, you know, we'll link and uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. But this week is a something I found in keeping with the sort of holiday theme that we have for the, this episode. It's called Deck the Dungeons, Heroics to Herald the Holidays. And this is a um, this is a um, like class supplement. To, uh, by uh, Luis Tejada. The description is, as goes as follows. 
tis the season. It's a time when people get together and make merry and maybe even play the world's greatest role-playing game. Will you get that bloodstained 20% off coupon on a toaster you don't need? Or will you ride a reindeer into the sunset? Or perhaps you'd rather spend the holidays respecting ancient traditions. The choice is yours. Deck the Dungeons provides alternate class options for every mainline class in the player's handbook. It does, however, use the Unearthed Arcana Ranger for its archetype. All the class options are themed after something traditionally associated with the season in one way or the other, but they can be modified to be used in any non-holiday game with your GM's position. This module introduces the Saint Patron for the Warlock, the Path of Savings Primal Path for the Barbarian, the Lumberjack Martial Archetype for the Fighter, the dual Duality Domain of the Cleric, the Reindeer Rider Conclave for the Ranger, the Frosty Spar- Sprite Archetype for the Rogue, the Way of Revelry Tradition for Monks, the School of Kingmaking Tradition for Wizards, the Nephilim Genesis Origin for Sorcerers, the College of Decoration for Bards, and the Circle of the Solstice for the Druids. Uh, so, yeah, this is a way to, uh, these are alternate class paths for every class that's in the player's handbook. So instead of, you know, going by what's in the book, you can go by one of these. And like I said, they, uh, it's holiday themed, but, you know, they can be modified in any way to suit a non-holiday themed uh, campaign. This goes for $1 on the DMs Guild. A, a, you know, we're, you know, here at the D&D Lorecast, we're always fans of like fun, creative ways, uh, homebrew, like a fun, creative homebrews to uh, to sort of spice up a campaign just to like to make it your own. You know, like that's the that's the appeal of D&D is that you can create a world that is completely your own. You could definitely, you know, have your campaign setting in Eberron or in Faerun, but, you know, you can either you can either like go you know word for word what comes out of the book or you can tweak it a little bit or you can tweak it a lot or you can do something completely original and you know something like deck the dungeons is you know sort of a way that you can uh stay uh you know in a in a traditional campaign setting but also like you know have a little more fun with it so that's my dm guild's corner suggestion of the week Deck the Dungeons, Heroics to Herald the Holidays by Luis Tejada. Let's go to the end of the show. Ah! Welcome to the end of the show here. uh, This episode will discuss a few more holidays that sort of caught my eye. And also, I'll give you a magic item that you could use in your homebrew campaigns or in your regular campaigns. I mean, it's just a, it's just an item that you can throw in there. It, it'll, it'll work, you know. You can reward one of your players for for excellent gameplay. Uh, one of them is uh, what's well, kind of it's like a twofer. Uh, it's Liar's Night and Troll Tide. Now, Liar's Night, it's a holiday that they celebrate in Waterdeep, uh, and it pays tributes to the deities. Lyra and Mask. Lyra is the goddess of deception, uh, also like known as the Lady of Deception, um, the Lady of Mist. She's the goddess of deception and illusions. And while Mask is the god of shadows and thieves. So Liar's Night, uh, it's celebrated to appease those gods while also uh, guard against their possibly unwanted attention. Uh, people celebrate Liar's Night 
by uh, wearing costumes or glamours, uh, using you know a magical costume of sorts, uh, to disguise oneself and to pretend to be something that they're not, which sounds a lot like uh, Halloween. So you have the um, like the costume aspect of Halloween with Liar's Night, and then with Troll Tide, you get the candy like giving it like the trick or treating aspect because with Troll Tide. It's celebrated mostly by children who run through the city acting like uh, trolls, you know, banging on doors and growling um, from, you know, um, the late afternoon to the uh, you know late evening um, home owner, like, you know, people at their houses, people at stores. They're expected to give these kids these fake trolls treats such as candy, uh, fruit, you know, whatever it may be uh, to keep them away from their door. Um, if they're not appeased, then they could likely be the subject of a prank, um, which would be like having uh, eggs thrown at their windows or doors, um, which would be like the equivalent of egg in a house or you know, TP in a house or something. So you have Liar's Night and Troll Tide sort of like taking part of um, or taking like the boat, like two main aspects of Halloween sort of splitting them up into two different holidays and halloween is my favorite holiday of them all so that's why those two definitely appealed to me coming up next after those two is dragon down which is really cool it's a it's a holiday celebrated in water deep it, it it's used to celebrate and commemorate the defeat of several dragons that have threatened the city throughout its history so it doesn't particularly it's not like you know one specific event but it's um it's a honor uh you know several dragon attacks and dragon slains throughout the city's history the holiday reenacts and celebrates the occasions in which dragons have attacked the city and they're either defeated or are driven off um parades reenact each individual event bonfires and rituals um are take place to symbolically tame and bring down dragons that used to be common across the city. So like the idea of, you know, of a city getting together to uh, celebrate, um, I guess several close calls with dragons is, is pretty cool. Um, but there's more about that in the, in the water deep dragon heist uh, uh, adventure setting that, uh, that D and D has put out. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Another holiday I want to discuss is God's day which is the annual holiday in Waterdeep that commemorates the anniversary of the end of the Time of Troubles. Uh, the Time of Troubles is something that the D&D lore cast has covered. Uh, Stuart and Tom co- covered it in our ninth episode. Um, so for more detail into that, definitely listen to that episode. Um, however, as a, as a sort of, um, just a, as a quick summary, the Time of Troubles was a period during which the deities of Faerun were forced to walk the earth in their normal human form. Uh, several major deities died as a result of you know, their, their sudden mortality, and a handful of mortals actually rose to divinity. So God, what God's Day does is celebrate the, and commemorate the ending of that time. Uh, it's considered a solemn and serious event, especially at night uh, when the citizens of Waterdeep offer prayers to the city's temples to thank the God for their lives and in remembrance of the catastrophic events during the time of troubles. I mean, to, um, to 
call an entire period of time a time of troubles. I mean, it'd have to be pretty messed up. The holiday was is particularly special to the followers of Mistra as um, during the time of troubles, um, midnight was actually elevated to the status of being the new Mistra. So they um, they definitely uh, want to celebrate that as well. During the entire day, in memory of the wild magic that accompanied the time of troubles, the use of magic of any sort within the confines of Waterdeep is limited to self-defense in cases of extreme need only. Uh, so that's one really cool thing about uh, about God's Day, uh, which you can incorporate into a campaign. Perhaps uh, you know it's it's a water deep festival, but you know it could be celebrated by whatever city that is in your campaign. And perhaps uh, you will go into that city on God's Day, and one of your campaign members uses magic, and then boom, that's that's the hook for a new adventure. The last holiday I want to cover is Crowning Day, which crowns the uh, which crowns uh, Zoranda Star as the queen of Tether. Zoranda Star is responsible for ending the uh, her and her Star Protective Services are responsible for ending the Days of Terror. Uh, days of Terror, um, and I be forewarned, this is some pretty dark stuff. The Days of Terror is a four-day period in which um, child slavers were discovered in the caves beneath the city. Um, uh, army of Darklings. Uh, attacked the city the ruling council was almost entirely killed by their own children who were um, corrupted by evil and the local church of Al, including its high priest were all exposed as frauds and agents of evil uh, so in just in four days of uh, of all that uh, you know the, those are what's known as uh, for all that happened in just four days and it's known as the days of terror Zorana Star and her Star Protective Services are responsible for ending that. They went into the Underdark beneath Zasaspur, defeating the one below. And after she came out, she was proclaimed queen by its citizens. And so this day was thereafter known as the day of crowning. And to me, that's just, you know, that's some of the, the lore that uh, that I just absolutely love about D&D. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's dark and dirty and definitely has ramifications for the future of you know what 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 was to come. Now we enter the end of the show and our um, usual magic item of the week. This week, in keeping with the holiday theme, I am going to present with you the amulet of Festivus. Now the amulet of Festivus is a thin. Uh, almost tube-like silver um, amulet that rests on that can, that can hang from a necklace, uh, much like a like a pole of sorts. Um, very simple, very um, like very uh, you know um, very unadorned, but the magic behind it is is anything but. So the amulet of Festivus, upon donning. Uh, can grant you either one of two different um, perks. So the one of the first that you can pick from is um, the grievance. So uh, if you are, if you have, if you're wearing the amulet of Festivus, whenever you roll an attack or a skill check, and uh, according to the DM, you miss by only one. So let's say you make an attack 
and the enemy the, the enemy's AC is 17 you roll a 16 if you miss by one you can air a grievance once per day once per long rest rather once per long rest and you get a plus one to that attack or to that skill whatever it was thus meeting that AC or that you know that difficulty uh, uh, class at DC uh, and then so you actually succeed so that's the grievance portion of it you can choose that so you can wear the amulet of festivus and you can have that you know that uh that perk with you as long as you wear it or you could use the feat of strength which adds a plus two to your strength and that's you know as long as you have it on you have a plus two to strength and so that can be used for obviously that benefits anything that um that uses the strength as its uh as its skill um so yeah, you can pick one of the two. You can't have both. You can have either one or the two while you're wearing the, the uh, amulet of Festivus. And obviously once uh, it's either taken from you or somehow it's destroyed, which it can be destroyed, um, you know, you, uh, you lose, those, you lose the, the, those abilities, those perks. But yeah, it's at the, the amulet of Festivus. Um, and so that's pretty much it. Uh, thank you so much for listening again. I apologize uh, that I couldn't find Crit. I'm not sure where uh, I'm not sure where he's at, but uh, uh, rest assured, he he probably does miss you. He does miss you guys. He doesn't miss you. <clears throat> he does miss everyone. All you guys and gals listening. Uh, he wishes he could be here. I'm sure. Um, uh, please listen to uh, my other podcast, Fandom University. Right now, uh, we're on a uh, Christmas uh, winter holiday hiatus. Um, until the next year, we, it's, it's a deep, a deep dive into all sorts of nerdy things. Uh, we've talked Eternals, we've talked Resident Evil, we've talked um, Aliens, we've talked Grant Morrison, we've talked all sorts of fun stuff. And that's, that's sort of like what we do. We'll talk about a specific topic for you know two to three to four episodes and then move on to something else. And we talk about like, the psychology behind it, like the um, the the academic ideas behind it, stuff like that. It's really fun. That's Phantom University. Uh, as far as Crit goes, he's got a million bajillion shows. He's got uh, Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, his homebrew D&D campaign. He's got Cyberpunk, his Cyberpunk, uh, Cyberpunk Red campaign. He's got uh, Avatar Legends, his new Avatar uh, Legends can't live play uh, campaign. He's got the Resident Evil lore cast which is a lot like what we do here with D&D, but for the Resident Evil video games, uh, movies, anime, all that stuff. He's got uh, Mythos of Mysteries, the Call of Cthulhu 7th edition uh, live play play podcast. He's got Delta Green. He's got the upcoming Night of uh, uh, World of Darkness uh, campaign. He's got a ton of stuff going on. I can't keep track of it all. It's too much. I need him here for that. Uh, hopefully I can find him next week. Um, but until then, thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week. I apologize again for the, for the, the, the length of the show, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't have anyone to bounce off of. I don't have anyone to, to banter with. It's banter. The banter is what, is what, uh, what adds to the length. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at Robots Radio.